Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Megan Gilger, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Welcome today, friends. I have been getting so many questions about the garden and prepping it and planting things and blah, 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 blah. You know the deal. I'm sure it's going through your head. Well, today I'm going to answer all those questions and we're going to just take a deep breath because prepping your garden for winter isn't as stressful as it may seem. And in fact, anything that you can't do in the fall, it's easy to fix it all in the spring. So I always tell people like, if you're just exhausted, clear the weeds and call it good. Just say goodbye. Let it rest. Let yourself rest. So this conversation today is going to put all of your stresses down three notches and hopefully be one last thing that's on your list right now because the garden is supposed to be fun. So let me repeat that again. The garden is supposed to be fun. I need to hear that. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I need to be reminded of that. And I always am asking myself, like, if I do this, does this add to the experience or does it take away? And so anything that has added an amount of energy that makes me feel just done in by it all or like feeling burnt out, I cross it off the list. I tell myself it doesn't matter. And because the beauty of this whole thing is that you and I, most likely, neither one of us, our livelihood does not depend on our gardens. And this is also why I'm all about so, like the 
the self-sufficient mindset with community in mind, (laughs) because I don't want you guys to look at your garden and feel that if it doesn't work, then some way it's like, you know, you're no longer able to feed your family or like we live in a modern society where we can grow a garden, enjoy it, put away what we can, and then look to our local farms and be like, or even our local grocery store. And if you can do it, a co-op that has amazing local options and really is thinking about what they're purchasing and selling, we can utilize all these things. So our livelihoods, we are not farmers who our livelihood depends on the success of our gardens and our farms. So it's a beautiful thing. So I want you guys to be relaxed and to just take it all down a little bit because this isn't like a game of win or lose or like nothing. We're here to have fun. We're here to connect with nature and we're here to find a therapeutic place to reflect and see life and enjoy the seasons. So my goal today is to both take the stress out, to make it easy and to make it really clear. So last week I did a event where I helped you guys prep your gardens. And if you couldn't attend, no worries. This is a little bit of that information, except I was actually doing it and showing you guys. So if you signed up, don't forget to get your replay that was in your email. Um, if you're in the community, the replay is also in there for you. But if you missed it, no worries, because we're going to also discuss a lot of those things today. So um, first of all, I have been a little slow to t- do this one because I'm not even doing this stuff. I just started doing some of this this week because the weather has been so warm. And so I've been letting my garden just kind of go. I finally last week opened the doors to the garden to the chickens. Uh, They're just in our lower, larger garden and our upper garden sustains a lot longer because of the things that I grow in it. So it's not as like quick to turn as the other one. The other one's a lot more of the summer things. And so they're those things are at the end of their life. So I just started doing this stuff. So if you're in zone five and six, you may be experiencing some of this as well. This is when we start doing all that prep work. And this is also when we start thinking about planting our bulbs, but we're not doing it yet. And I'm going to talk about that. But this whole podcast episode is going to give you a very clear picture of what to do, how to do it, and why to do it. And also to say, if you can't get to it, it's not make or break it. Okay. Just going to say that. So if you grew a garden, awesome. I'm so proud of you, no matter what you did. So first of all, just pat yourself on the back. You did it. You do not have to plant for fall. You do not have to put bulbs in. You do not have to do anything like that. You planted a garden. Look at you. So great. So I think it's amazing. I'm just glad that you did it. And I'm sure that you hopefully enjoyed it. And so hopefully I was able to keep it low key and fun all season long. But now's the time to just kind of close her up, close the doors on it, let yourself rest. And even if you live in a warmer climate, you can let yourself rest. Or maybe you let yourself rest over the summer and you live in a climate where winter is actually a great time to grow some things. Awesome too. But needless to say, The first thing on our list, no matter what we're going to do, is we have to clear the weeds So, and clear any dead plants. So we're going to remove the unnecessary. 
this is a great analogy for another meditation on another day, but we want to remove all the weeds because they most likely have gone to seed if they're at this point in the year. So you want to remove them. You do not want to till them. You do not want to, this is also why we don't till. Um, you do not want to feed them to your chickens unnecessarily. You want to make sure they also don't go in your compost pile because all those seeds are going to turn into something when you lay that compost. So toss them in the woods, burn them in your bonfire that week, whatever it is, just let them go. And if you have plants, I would suggest that you can like a lot more tender plants like Swiss chard. Um, let's see anything that's like Swiss chard level lettuces, things like that. If it has a more fibrous, thick, heavy stock, I highly suggest taking it out of the ground because it's going to continue to either suck nutrients or something else. But those softer stemmed things are going to degrade through the winter and especially under some fresh compost or mulch or anything like that, which we'll talk about in a second. So you want to clear away all the plants as much as possible. Now, if you did do some um, cover crop, um, particularly if it was like buckwheat or something like that, you can uh, cut it and let it lay and act as a mulch. The one problem is, is you might have some sprout up in the spring. If you're okay with that, that's fine too. It's going to regenerate in the soil, do a lot of great things as it degrades, but it may also seed itself. It's always the risk, but it does a ton of great things. And, um, the pollinators love it. So ours always does do some reseeding, but I just kind of leave it. I love it. I like where it pops up. It's usually pretty. And if I don't want it, I give it to the birds and the chickens. So they really love it. Or you can, I think you can eat buckwheat, but anyways, I've not done that. Um, I know you can eat the groats the seed, but, um, so that's a big thing. You want to clear out all those weeds, uh, because you just don't want that to deal with in the fall because, or in the spring, it will be exponential. And believe me when I say that, the other thing is, is this is how we lower weed pressure for the next year. So that's the one thing. The other thing is you want with those plants that you grew, if any of them have diseases such as, um, downy mildew, uh, blight, um, let's see what else. Uh, oh, if you had any squash bugs or squash vine borers, all those things, you're going to want to take them and burn them or, um, don't compost them. You can also just toss them in the woods. The problem is, is if you had squash bugs though, you're going to need to burn them because those guys will overwinter on those plants. And then you'll have even more squash bugs the next year. So, and if you have chickens, the chickens aren't going to eat those. They just don't eat squash bugs. It's terrible. That's why I cannot get rid of them. But so that's what you want to do. You kind of want to burn some of that stuff instead. Uh, and it's an organic material like burning wood. So the environmental effects are sort of low. Uh, so you just don't have to worry about it. Then after you've kind of done that, the next thing you want to do is you're going to lay com fresh compost. Now compost, when we say compost, what this really is, is we're ground covering. And why we do this is that it protects the soil. It suppresses weeds and it also builds new nutrients and finally, it captures and protects the carbon stores in the ground. So when we have exposed soil, we actually like are potentially releasing carbon. But if we're laying a fresh load of compost on top, 
you know, some chickens are scratching around in it, or you just lay down pine bark mulch or hay, which can reseed. So just warning there, hay or straw can reseed. Uh, the other thing, or you can even use dry leaves. So if you raked up leaves in your yard and you don't want them around, go and lay them on top of your garden beds and use that as your mulch material. It will degrade and it's not going to recede or do anything like that. So it's incredibly helpful to use your leaves that way. You can even chop them up and put them there too. Anything like that is going to work. You don't have to go out and spend all this money on a bunch of stuff to lay down if you don't want to. If you don't have compost, use your dry leaves or anything to that nature. Now, if you... You can also, some other things, like I said, you can do winter, uh, some cover for, you can do cover crops, things like that, but you don't necessarily have to do that. And, but it's an option. Now, the other thing you're going to want to do is if you did sow anything that you plan to grow through the winter, such as kale, spinach, um, tot soy, cabbages, things like that, you're going to want to get some sort of cover potentially, it depends on the winter that we're going to have. You know, if we have a pretty rough winter, you might struggle. Uh, but if we have a pretty mild winter, you might not. So I've overwintered spinach where the last time I harvested it was Christmas. for, And then the next time I harvested it was late February, early March because we had a mild winter and it overwintered and it was the most delicious thing I've ever had from my garden. So it doesn't necessarily have to be covered. If you want to do cover, like covering and growing through the winter, this is the time that you do it. I'm, that's why I'm saying it. This is not necessary by any means. So don't be looking at your stuff and be like, oh my gosh, am I failing? Because no, mm, stop. Don't even do that. Don't even put the mind, that in your head. I'm only saying this is if you are wanting to do that, because some people ask me like, when do I do this? When do I do that? This is your moment. This is when you start covering it. As soon as you start seeing those numbers come up on that are at night, you know, below 40, you're going to want to start covering those things if you're at all interested, because you're going to lose all those things potentially, or, um, you know, it's just going to slow down the germination or germination and, production of the leaves. So if you want to know more about what to cover them with, there's plenty of stuff that I can suggest. So you're more than welcome to email me or shoot me a DM on Instagram. So then the next thing after we've like prepped everything, things are clear, you're going to want to have a plan in some way of what you're going to do with bulbs. If you're going to plant them, you got to think about it now. And because not that you have to have your whole garden planned, because I don't do that. I'm not like, oh, I already have my spring 2022 garden planned. No, I don't. Um, what I do have in my head though, is I do have an idea of like where my garlic is going to go. And, and I'm thinking through rotation number one. So it's not going in the same place it was. I'm putting it in a completely new bed because the soil needs to regenerate. Garlic's a huge suck on the soil. And even though I'm laying fresh compost of about two inches, it still needs some, it, it still needs fresh soil more or less. So I have two areas I've been debating about. And one of the things I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about spring sunlight. I'm thinking about protection from frost 
potentially. And I'm thinking about just the general, like, where am I going to plant some spring veggies? And so the spot that I'm kind of leaning towards is an area. There's two areas. One I call my dead zone where I grew some tomatoes this year that just really suffered. And so there's part of me that wants to experiment with two patches of garlic this year and see how they do. And so I've been kind of debating about these two areas in our lower garden. I have not grown garlic in our lower garden because the soil wasn't, um, wasn't loamy enough, I guess, like loose and, and good enough for a bulbing sort of vegetable or herb. And now I feel like it's finally there. It's on its third year, third year is usually, it's going to be in its third year. And that's usually the point in which you start getting the soil you want when you're doing in-ground beds. So I'm thinking that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to experiment a little bit. And I am excited to try it because there's, I'm still learning a lot about garlic. Garlic is a huge, I mean, there's tons of varieties. There's two main varieties. And then there's like all these other little varieties off the two main ones. So there's lots to be thinking about, but if you aren't sure where to plant your garlic, the main thing to think about is, am I going to be planting anything in the spring? And I love utilizing my garlic as a protector for my brassicas, which are like kale, cauliflower, cabbages, any of that. So if I'm planning to grow Napa cabbage in March, I'm going to want that near my garlic because then I'm not going to have cabbage worm issues. If I'm wanting to grow kale beginning in March, I am going to want to do that as well. So I, I'm thinking about that. And I also, you know, it, it just makes a great protector in the garden in general. So I'm playing with some ideas in my head. I accidentally over purchased garlic this year, which is a bummer, but I, I'm pretty excited to utilize the, <laughs> the mistake I made, but this is definitely that time. This is also the time that you're going to want to plant your like tulip, daffodil, hyacinth, any of those flower bulbs that you've wanted to do, this is a great time to do it. My one note about how I do it and what I'm watching for, because I get asked this, is typically there's been a year, there was a year I planted my garlic in on October 10th. Then there was another year I planted it the week before Halloween. But the the problem is that I found was that when I planted it, you know, when it told me to, quote unquote, it was way too early. The mistake I made was that I should have looked at the weather. And what I do is I'm looking at the long extended forecast and I have dark sky to tell me it's an app on my phone to tell me when, like what's happening that week. And it's so good at like predicting rain, predicting all those things. But I use AccuWeather to watch the extended forecast. It goes out for a whole month. And what I'm seeing right now is we aren't dropping. We're not dropping into those 30 degree nights, which your ground needs to be at that 30 degree mark in order to keep the garlic or other bulbs from sprouting. And we don't want them to sprout. 
The reason being is if they sprout, they could die or it can lower their chance of success. So we want to be super careful and watch the weather really closely in order to know when we should be planting these things and putting them in. That said, I have not done any of that yet. And I don't anticipate that I will do it until the first week of November, which is the latest I've ever done it based upon the weather. We might get a frost this week, this last, this next week. Um, but I'm not 100% certain. So even if we do, I'm still not planting it. I'm still waiting almost till I can't. And if you are planting your garlic bulbs and you're in short sleeves and you're not cold and your fingers aren't numb and you have to do it with gloves on, you've probably done it too early. That's my theory. Because the the few times that I've done it at the wrong time, I've been really, really regretting it. One, because I had poor success. Two, the squirrels got it. Now, if we wait all the way till November, the chances of squirrels actually wanting to take the the bulbs is extremely low. And what I'm really looking for is even waiting till after a first potential snow. And I know that sounds crazy, but a lot of these things want that cold weather. And also if it's snowed, even if, you know, it's going to go away, it doesn't stick the first time. Typically we, we can be pretty sure that squirrels aren't going to go after it. They have enough stored away at this point. Squirrels spend all this time right now and mice like squirreling away, so to speak, all of their nuts and seeds and things like that for winter. But if we wait till November, wait till that first snow, they're into like a more hibernative mindset and less of a storage mindset. So we can offset the loss of our bulbs and things like that by utilizing timing, so to speak. But I I think... I hope that gives you some like idea of when to wait. If you're planting things like echinacea and some of these other cold weather bulb things, this stands as the same conversation. You want to wait. And so personally here on our hill in Traverse City, Michigan, I am knowing that even if everyone else gets a frost, we're usually at least a week or two weeks after. I'm going to wait till the first week of November. And some of my friends told me I'm crazy, but I don't think I am. I feel pretty, <laughs> I feel pretty confident. Um, I've also told myself I could wait all the way to almost Thanksgiving and still be okay. I mean, we've had Thanksgivings that were warm, you know, in 60 degrees and that worries me. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with waiting till the, the last possible moment. In fact, I actually think that you have a better chance of great success. So maybe that gives you some stress relief on your bulb planting if you're like looking at things and being like, am I am I doing this soon enough? Let me tell you, you would rather be doing it later than too soon, like truly. And I want I want you to hear that. So after you've done all that and you're just kind of waiting for your garden to go to bed under snow or whatever may be working for you. You want to then reflect. This is when we want to look at the garden and ask ourselves, okay, what did really well? What was not so great? (laughs) What really challenged me? And kind of like how last week I shared with you guys, like 
my reflections on the vegetables I grew, do that same thing. You know, even make some major notes if you didn't keep a garden journal throughout the year. Make some notes yourself about like for us, June was like living in a desert. It was the hardest time to plant any perennials and we were doing so much watering. So I told myself, you know what? I'm going to watch the extended forecast much more tightly because if I'm going to be planting a lot of perennials, which I will be next year, they need to be heavily mulched and they need to have water access. If they don't have those things, I have to wait till fall. And because I'm going to lose them because I lost some things last year because it was so dry. I couldn't get them. I couldn't get them to establish. And it was a shame, but I grew and I learned something about being up here and how sandy the soil is and water just doesn't stay. Even with mulching, it it was miserable, but I learned something. So I noted that, that like June was super dry, but we stopped basically having to water as of mid July. And we've only watered our garden one time since mid July, which is insane. Like that's also crazy. So because we were getting enough water once a week that I didn't have to do it once everything was established. So I'm making all those notes. They don't, they don't have to be day by day notes. They don't have to be anything like that. Just make overarching like June. This was my mental capture of it. July. This was my mental capture of it. August. This was what that, you know, and so on and so forth. If you're in our community, you can go into the resource section and there's actually like a garden journal, like download that you can get. And it's included in your membership and it walks you through like how to actually set up your garden journal through all four seasons, but you can just start with fall if you want to, if you're just jumping in, but it gives you a really good overview about how to set up a journal to, that's super helpful in remembering everything. So yeah, this is definitely most of what you need to do. And like I said, if for some reason you're like, I didn't, I'm just overrun, like parenting's really hard. Work is really hard. I'm going through transition, whatever it may be. And if you're feeling the stress of the garden, leave the garden, let it go. Just, just let it be (laughs) because the garden, like I said, is not intended to be stressful. It's meant to be the opposite. It's supposed to be life-giving. And if you find that it's not, that's okay. There was a point this year that I gave up in the garden because I was going through a stressful point with myself and everything. And I, I let the weeds go. They still are in there and I still need to handle it, but it's not taking up mental space for me more than just knowing like I might have to handle it in the spring if I don't get to it. And that's okay. We'll see if I do, but I want you to hear from somebody that you probably watch my garden and think, oh, it's so perfect. And she has so much time telling you right now, like I don't do everything in my garden. There are so many weeds, there are so many things. And there was one bed I only weeded one time. So you can let things go. I'm giving you permission to, because it's completely okay. But I hope that takes the stress out. And if you have any questions you guys are always welcome to shoot me a DM on Instagram or an email. I always love hearing from you guys. The best way to support our podcast is to always subscribe and share it with your friends, leave a review. Anything like that is super helpful to uh, us continuing to be able to share here and give you tons of information and just, you know, in general, help you enjoy 
living a little more. So till then, my friends, I'll see you out there. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.